Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Glad you're with us. Coming up in 20 minutes, Philip Fulmer on the show today. OutKick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up on Thursday, June 2nd here at their facility in Nashville, Shine Fest, National Moonshine Day. There's a day for everything. And on June 2nd, that day is for moonshine. And you can get it straight from the source here with Old What Smoky. a day. That's right. What Thursday, a day. June 2nd. What a day for Packers defensive back Jair Alexander. Uh, the corner getting a four-year extension worth $84 million. Um you know, banged up a bit last year. Doesn't matter with the abbreviated season. Gets paid $30 million signing bonus for the Packer. Uh, $31 million in year number one from Green Bay. Roster bonus in the double digits every year of this extension. And normally with a big contract, the new guy always gets the high water mark. And now it's Alexander's, Paul, to point to. At he, least for now. He's a terrific player. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, for now, it's his. Next year, somebody will take it over. That's how it works. But I don't think anybody could could put up a fight that uh, that he's amongst the very best right now, and uh, and worthy of it. And uh, he's got some receivers that need taken care of. Justin Jefferson, top top of mind for me, is a guy that uh, he's yeah. got to deal with twice a year. You know what my immediate thought was. Once again, here go the Packers not helping Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side. No, I'm kidding. It obviously helps Aaron Rodgers defensively, but um, look, these salaries, right? Like the, the, the fact that here's what I hate about what money does to how we view the player. If a year from now, the guy who's a little bit younger, who's up for the contract, gets paid more than Jair Alexander, that doesn't mean that he's better than Jair Alexander. So we have this sliding scale. When Christian Kirk signs in Jacksonville for the money he signed for, because you pay Christian Kirk that much, because this is now what the market says you pay, and you're also helping set the market, doesn't make you that much better right. than the next guy on the list. So Let's just take your turn. I, I understand the money elements of it, and agents are looking at this, and players are looking at this, and they want to get paid what they feel they're due. I also hate looking at things in terms of highest-paid defensive back or highest-paid receiver or highest-paid running back or highest-paid inside linebacker because I know it's just when you got up on the merry-go-round right, to get your contract. It's up or close. And it doesn't really mean all that much other than it was your turn as a really good player. Well, you know, And who, how do you differentiate between Jair Alexander and a handful of other great corners across the league, yeah. right? Well, most well, we people to, are We start to enough. do it by pay. And that's how we look at them. And most, I don't like that. Most people are smart enough to know that. You know who's probably pissed off watching this? Jalen Ramsey. Of course. Because Jalen Ramsey is probably the best guy, and he has a tendency to, get, to be pissed off. 
Yeah, but he got his big signing bonus. Right. I mean, that, that's what these guys want, right? But Jalen Ramsey's the type of guy who thinks he should be the highest paid all the time and doesn't acknowledge this stuff about the cycle. Oh, I had my turn, and I'll have my turn again, and it's Jair Alexander's turn. Jay, he strikes me as the kind of guy that thinks it should always be his turn. Well, well, the, precedent, the precedent that's been set is Alexander played in four regular season games last year. Yeah. His big season was in 2020, and the precedent is the offseason going into training camp after a year where you miss three-quarters of the season – you still get the big money extension. That's uh, that. That to me is more than just, oh, he's now the highest paid defensive back. I, I point to okay, the, the next time this rolls around for the other team, the player that wants to hold out or point to this contract says, hey, I was banged up last year, but I, this proves you can still give me the money. You don't have to wait on me to prove that I'm available week one to show value. He's extended through 2026 now. Yeah, I mean, look, that's. <laughs> That is big that they're willing to do that, even though he was not healthy a year ago. Uh, and with Jalen Ramsey, I mean, I would hope a big part of, I would hope a big part of what he's going to come back to anyone with is not being pissed off about not getting Jair Alexander's money if he's now making more. It's that he can come back and say, "Well, I want a ring." Yes, that's that's what I still hope is the ultimate. And you, you, you can get all of it to go do it it's, again. It's, it's proof you can get all of it. You can get out of Jacksonville. You can get paid. You can get on a better team, and you can win a championship. And the ultimate hope for fans out there that watch these guys play is that that's what matters most in the end, is that he got his ring on top of getting paid. Well, um, he also – so this is a four-year, $84 million extension. What's the guarantee? Um, I have not seen that. He's, so we don't know he's guaranteed, exactly he's what $30 million like. signing bonus. Jalen Ramsey – um, has nothing to be angry about. He signed a five-year contract, $71 million guaranteed of a $100 million contract. Yeah, so he's, so he, well. he's fine. He's not going to point to anything except his bank I, account. I was, I was half joking, but the, I, there are some guys, just to Chad's point, who want to be known as highest paid, and that title means a lot. And that's agent-created, Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Agent-driven. It, it's, it's a wide receiver-type mentality. I think there's a lot of wide receivers we'd point to and say it's going to really bother them if that guy's making more than him. A.J. Brown's one of them. If one of these guys we talked about alongside A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel or Matt McLaren, Calf. if one of those guys gets paid more, then he's going to have an issue with it. Well. Shouldn't. I doubt, I doubt they get paid more than what A.J. got. True. But if they do, the he's going to be mad about it. Sure, but I don't think they will. I mean, again, like it's going to be a different receiver than the two you named. Uh, otherwise, we would have seen another team dive in. Philly would have Philly set the market there. The other guys that remain with their team have no leverage now. Yes, and their teams, uh, yeah, you can get another year out of them and tag them and deal them next year. Or at the trade deadline, right? Right. One, one of the two. Um Interesting quotes. So Joe Judge, who's now back with the New England Patriots as an offensive assistant, of course, throughout his, his career, um, even dating back to when he first got into to coaching, he's been a special teams coordinator. Uh, in fact, that's what he was doing with the Patriots whenever he got the Giants gig. He's now an offensive assistant where they're refusing to announce in New England who the play caller is. Joe Judge has acknowledged that he is working directly with Mac Jones um, in New England this year. So, so it's been uh, a delight or something of the 
like that? Yeah, um, but refuse to say who's going to be calling plays. The alternative, I, I think Belichick's basically said it's going to be him or Matt Patricia, a special teams guy or defensive right, guy. Right, right. Not that such things have never happened, but this, everybody, I'm certainly on the side of taking it. This seems like a Bill is smarter than everybody and, uh, you know, He's doing something different. You know, the the only time that Judge, Joe Judge, worked with the offense, of course, he would have done this some as a head coach, but he was the wide receivers coach or a wide receivers assistant as well as special teams coordinator in 2019, the year before he got the Giants gig. That's the only time you would have seen him interact, uh, at least by title on paper, with an offensive player other than that player also playing special Working teams. as a special teamer. And, you know, Harbaugh, before he got his job, was special teams coach in Philly. Mm-hmm. And I think that last year they may have taken him off special teams and given him, if I'm not mistaken, wide receivers. And they did it to broaden his resume so that he could get a head coaching opportunity. And it worked. This is in reverse uh, because Joe Judge has already had his head coaching opportunity. I can't imagine he gets another one. Um, but, you know, who knows, five years from now or whatever. Um, like things are weird in New England right now with a weird draft and a weirdly shaped coaching yeah. staff. Um, but you know, Bill Belichick's obviously very good, and you wouldn't put it past him for something like this to work. Though, you know, offensive coordinators are offensive coordinators for a reason, and uh, a young quarterback could use a guy who's got some experience calling plays instead of a guy who's coming from a different department altogether. Celtics knock off the Bucks. Grant Williams with seven threes, Chad, in the win. Seven for 18 from three. Game seven record for threes made. Game seven record for threes attempted. Did Seems not low. see that Did coming. Did that surprise you? I would have thought somebody would have hit more than seven. I would have thought someone took more than 18. <laughs> yes. That's what surprised me more than anything. I, I, yeah. I would think there was a Clay Thompson or Steph Curry game where they took a lot more than that over the course of an entire game. Um, that's what jumped out to me. Look, the Celtics are a fun team to watch. Jason Tatum has become more of a superstar over the course of this. Jalen Brown's a fun player to watch also. Grant Williams is very much a role player for that Celtics team that he was left alone much of the day and, and made him pay. So a uh, great day for, um, for Grant Williams. Celtics heat. We talked earlier about how these NBA playoffs have been underwhelming from a competitive game standpoint. Series have been competitive. We've had longer series, but the games themselves have not been as good. I'd be surprised if these two series don't deliver. And I'm starting with Heat Celtics. I think these are teams built to go at each other in in this series. Um, I think the same for Warriors and Mavs from a different perspective in how they're going to play the game. So hopefully we get some closer games now moving forward. We'll preview these matchups with Kayla Kinnearum from OutKick coming up in today's uh, final hour of the show. Here's the full schedule, though, uh, for the upcoming week where we will seesaw back and forth uh, starting tomorrow. Miami hosting the first two uh, against the Boston Celtics. Uh, The game tips off tomorrow evening. And then on uh, Wednesday, uh, the 18th, Dallas travels to Golden State for game one. And so we'll see uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for Boston-Miami. And then we see Wednesday, Friday, Sunday for Dallas and Golden State. So we finally reach a point where we do learn that it is possible for NBA players to play every other day in the postseason. Bravo. It's going to be tough. 
going to be tough because they're not used to it. <laughs> they're well, used, used to, to, the used to playing Wednesday, they, Sunday. They stretch it out, right? We're finally, a month in, we're finally to the conference championships where we can see every night. I mean, there was a couple of times. Wednesday, Sunday. It happened uh, Saturday. A couple of times where we did not have NBA games on TV. Last Thursday. Throughout the playoffs. Yeah. It was once a week. Yeah. Uh, since the start of the playoffs, well, I you feel think like we've all the series no going game. on, it should not happen. No, it should but never But it's, it's TV dominated, and uh, ABC and TNT, they want their double headers. That's fine. But it, didn't, it wasn't conducive for great TV viewing. No. Hey, one quick point I wanted to bring up. Uh, I know we got Philip Former coming on next, but something, Paul, you talked about this on Friday's show. You had the video of it. We talked a little bit about it. First round pick for the Tennessee Titans, Traylon Burks, leaves practice early, uh, has an inhaler on the sideline, looks like he's terribly winded, and then comes back and then doesn't meet with the media. Paul, you said it looked like he was terribly out of shape based on the start of it. And for whatever reason, people have a hard time saying that an athlete is out of shape. Uh, I don't understand that. If you saw that happen, what else would your conclusion be? We had someone respond exactly. and say maybe he was having a panic attack. And I'm thinking, because that's better? If you're an NFL team and your guy in the first day of rookie minicamp when the vets aren't even around is having a panic attack, we're supposed to feel better about that, saying lay off the guy because of this? I, I, I don't get it. It was a conditioning no issue. No one I mean, is saying Vrabel. his career is over because this happened. But it's fair to speculate that happened, especially when they don't make him available to the media after practice. Well, and then Vrabel said it wasn't an injury. Yeah, Vrabel would have fought back at the idea of it being a conditioning thing if it wasn't a conditioning thing. <laughs> it very much was. Uh, a, a and, and listen, he was fine Saturday. I wasn't there. I was out of town with the family weekend for baseball. He, I saw the clips. He went start to finish on Saturday. Had a bad drop. And, and did his stuff. For Jim Wyatt. So... Uh, that's great. Saturday, he, he was managed to be fit enough to go only, for an hour and a half with the team. The so only that thing uh, that is unusual about the situation where, when he bows out and then return, normally... He came back for two snaps, stayed outside for a little bit, and then went back in. So he was out for virtually the entire practice. But no, normally, um, based on my experience watching how this team operates, and it, it's, it's not even just with this coaching staff... Um, if you're out of shape, you're not back to practice the next day. And you're running. He, yeah, you're on a side field. And the first round pick was back at practice the next day. That, that was the only thing unusual about it. And, and good for him for being able to return. Um, long term, it means nothing. But short term optics, I mean, you can't help but roll your eyes at this. And, and those that are making excuses for him already, I would ask, why, why, why is it necessary to find those excuses? I just feel like in, in sports media and with fans everywhere, we've passed the point of don't say this guy's career is over because of this and criticize him to don't even speak of it. <laughs> right. So, I don't even want anybody to talk about this. How dare you speak of this guy <laughs> leaving for this? Maybe he's having a panic attack. Maybe he was a little bit anxious on his first day at work. The guy played in the SEC in bigger stadiums than he'll see in the NFL. I mean, I don't buy that, that we cut a guy a break. And he can handle it first based on how he's handled he's the entire – He's a first-round pick yeah. by an NFL team. Of course he should be able to handle it. Titans fans are large-scale apologists. I, I agree Titans with that. Media's media is large-scale apologists because they, they, every, they yes. freak out. I don't want anybody to talk about this. If Ryan Tannehill does something dumb, how dare you talk about it? We can talk about it. You can say if it's overreacting or whatever, but 
This is what we do in the media. We look at things. We have brains that can decipher whether or not it's something, and we speak on it, and we give our honest opinion. We don't sit back and bitch about people talking about it. Yeah, but we I, talk about it. That's what we do. I thought the Titans fans I interacted on with this were reasonable. I expected far worse because of Titans wide receiver history and Titans first round recent history. I thought it would be over the top. I thought it was relatively down the middle, some drastic overreaction, some drastic underreaction, but most people down the middle saying, I don't like the optics of it, but not that big. I kind of want to get back to drastic overreaction from fans. I'd love for people to freak out about it because now everyone just coddles and gets upset if you say anything about it, much less criticizing someone for it. Philip Fulmer Philly had it right the whole time, Paul. on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Reconnect with Philip Fulmer later this week. You guys will have to let me know if we're on or not because I can't hear a thing, but we will go about our day. Uh, Guys, life in the uh, studio at Six of Peabody for the first time in real life. You know, it took us about a year. Uh, to get here, but we've uh, reached the point of no return now, apparently. John, do you have uh, access we'll, to a bartender from where you're sitting? We'll try, we'll try to get it going here. I do, I do think that us uh, just you know, drinking for the remainder of the show would probably be far That'd more be entertaining. Yeah, you want us, some pickles? You have us, some pickles, I'll have some Paul, uh, what's more entertaining, me eating all these moonshine pickles right now or us taking our headset off and on throughout the show to see if we're on or not, to see if the program's in? I pick pickles. Cherry juice. Not about you guys, but I, I, I select pickles. Yes. Cherry juice. Uh, we'll, we will ask uh, Albanese to get an a interview queued up uh, for something just to make sure we're, we are uh, good with our affiliates as well. Again, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360 uh, in the meantime. Um, Tennessee has rescheduled. Uh, well, I don't know if they've rescheduled or not. They bought out BYU, and they have scheduled Virginia to open the season, not this upcoming year, not this August or September, but next year, September the 2nd of 2023. That was originally supposed to be a game in Provo. And they have bought out that deal, and they will now open the season September 2nd, 2023, against the Virginia Cavaliers in Nashville. I like it. Um, They will pay $2 million of ticket sales. The first $2 million sold in the Tennessee-Virginia game will go to BYU. Okay, so BYU Twitter is a buzz with Tennessee's a bunch of cowards for paying out of this game. And, and they're pointing to, hey, last time we played, we won an overtime in Knoxville in that wild game, and Tennessee clearly is afraid. I, I don't blame them for trolling Tennessee right now. Here's what I don't understand. Can we not do both? Yeah. What, like, do I was looking forward to the return trip to Provo in this series to see Tennessee play in Provo, Utah in a really cool setting for college football. I was looking forward to that game. I'm now looking forward to this game in Nashville. Why not both? Why not schedule a future season game, opening the season in Nashville, neutral site, against Virginia, or play another game in Atlanta against another ACC team, or whatever, and go to Provo? Why is Tennessee in such a hurry to pay $2 million 
to not go to Provo and take the financial hit of doing that yeah. just to come to Nashville. And if it's for recruiting, you know, that's what you're going to hear a lot about now. It's great because Tennessee is going to recruit the mid-state and they play in the mid-state. I would like to know more about the actual value of playing a game in Nashville where not sure they can host visitors at that game as opposed to playing a game in Provo, Utah or Knoxville, Tennessee or anywhere else where your recruits are going to see it on TV regardless. Or you can host them in Knoxville if you bought them out to play a home game against Virginia or whoever else. Look, I like neutral site games, especially in our city here in Nashville, but I don't understand the logic behind paying $2 million to get rid of a game that I was looking forward to that most of the fan base is looking forward to to play a neutral site game against Virginia. And you to don't both know, of them. You don't know yeah. yet if UVA's on the upswing in a year. They just turned over a, a coach. So, you know, is that a good game? Is that a good opponent? Is it a bad opponent? Is it a mediocre opponent? I think it's an easier opponent than, than BYU. Than BYU on, on the, the road. road. I think yeah. Nashville against year two um, for Tony Elliott at Virginia is better than Kalani Sataki building Agreed. a really good program at BYU that's been there for years and playing on the road. But agree, I, like you, but I, it's not I but it's both not, games. But Paul, the gap isn't so big that you're buying out of it out of fear, right? You're not going to Ohio State, for instance, in a game and buying out of that one. It's right. a winnable game at BYU at home against BYU playing BYU in in Russia. Yeah, Tennessee is a winnable should want, game. Tennessee should yeah. want that game. It's not some game that's insurmountable. If you're Tennessee, yeah, it's one of the odder moves of especially sense, year three for Josh Heupel. It's one of the odder moves of the Danny White, uh, Josh Heupel yeah. uh, time. So again, far. it's one of those where I totally understand why you want to play that game against against Virginia in Nashville, but, but I also want to play the game against BYU. BYU. So I don't get it. What are they going to make off ticket sales? Because the first two million goes to BYU, five hundred thousand after that goes to the Nashville Sports Council for hosting the game. And then they split the remaining money with Virginia. Not a lot. I, I, I like, don't know. I like, don't know. I, I'd love to know what the full take is on a full Nissan Stadium and, for a Tennessee game. But I would guess not, not a ton after all that. And if we're playing the opportunity cost game and saying, all right, we're leveraging this and we're also we're, we're taking a calculated bet on a season. Let's say it's a season where you're just trying to get to a bowl game and get that extra bowl money. Well, then you buy a win. Right. You know, you play like Tennessee played Bowling Green here one year. That was a win. You knew going a MAC opponent, right? You, you play a MAC opponent, you play a, a Sun Belt team, and you play at a neutral site and say, okay, we should win this game. We are going to win this game. Let's buy an extra win. I don't see Virginia as a guaranteed win on no. a neutral site. So It's a should win probably. Next time but- we had Danny White on here at 6th and Peabody, next time we get a chance to talk to Danny White – we can ask him about that. But I think it's an interesting discussion to have on if Tennessee should do that, what financially makes sense, what for your team makes sense. Because if it's just the cause and effect of we're buying out of a loss and buying into a win, okay, you can sell me on that, but you're not necessarily doing this here. It's not that big of a gap between Virginia to neutral site versus BYU on the road to me. Right. And the Volcus- And also, if you're Tennessee and Josh Heupel and you're Danny White and you're watching Heupel in year one and now Heupel's recruiting effort, and oh, by the way, five-star Nico Iyama-Leava is going to be a freshman, possibly starting the season in 2023 in that game. I mean, are you just thinking, well, we don't want to open the season on the road at BYU? 
we want a slightly more friendly. I, I don't know what the thinking there, because you shouldn't be ducking anyone now. I don't, I don't think Tennessee's in the point where they're trying to duck people on, on their schedule. They should be more of a competitive mindset moving forward. I'm curious what the VolQuest guys will have in terms of insight when we talk to them later well, in the Well, 2023 week, is the year where BYU is scheduled to make the move to the Big 12. But you wouldn't – like if BYU needs win. out, that's their problem. They would be providing yeah, a buyout, they, they not the other way around. Making you a deal. So it's not – it has nothing to do with that – Tennessee had the television rights to this uh, because they retain that in the buyout itself. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, it just comes down to which which team is available. You don't want to make the road trip out west to play on the road in Provo, and in exchange of the buyout, you. I mean, it's not. It's a very similar type opponent. It's how I would describe it as Chad has, except you get the home revenue with this but you're still paying for the buy it's it's bizarre yeah i mean look again if it was simple as we don't want to have another loss in our schedule this is going to be a bit of a rebuilding year after hendon hooker breaking in a new quarterback and we want another win on the schedule well you buy out byu and you get the entire home gate for your game against marshall on thursday night Marshall may be a bad example because that's not a guaranteed win either. But you see my point. Yeah. You're going to play an opponent that you know. Ball State is who they open with this year on a Thursday night. There you go. You go play an opponent like that saying we're going to win. They opened up on a Thursday night against Bowling Green this last year. Not a guaranteed win for Minnesota, but it was a guaranteed win for Tennessee. You go and play that game instead. This seems like a, a buzz factor type matchup against Virginia on a neutral site. But I think the buzz of playing BYU in game one – in the Big 12 for BYU, on the road, Tennessee's first trip ever to Provo, Utah, there's buzz around that, too. More buzz, I think. I agree. Especially if you can go on the road and boat race them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first game, and you're having to prepare for Tennessee's offense? Well, now, you wouldn't have hit a new quarterback? Tennessee is uh, now the boat race type opponent. And I mean that both ways. Right. <laughs> they could go in and yeah. just buzzsaw someone. With that offense unexpectedly, like they did last year a few times, uh, you know, toss-up games against Missouri and South Carolina come to mind where they dominated, right? And no one was really expecting them to dominate in those games. Um, you could also get boat raced based oh, no on an opponent the way you play if you're getting going three and out quickly. Yeah, you're right though, Chad. The the those not connected with Tennessee will, and those being the, the fan bases around college football, will see this and think. BYU, uh, and this is one comment at the story at OutKick that Trey Wallace has posted. BYU looked pretty good last year, and Virginia is perennial uh, awful. They hired a new coach, neutral side in Nashville. Plus, if we beat a Power 5 opponent, some idiot is sure to rank us. Here's $2 million to leave us alone, BYU. Like that's, the, that's the general response to buying out BYU at this point. I mean, the, the BYU buyout happened a while ago, though, right? No, this no, happened, happened all, all announced. This. It all announced today. It was all announced today. There's no way to look good if you're the team buying someone else. Right. I yeah. mean, just if you're a Tennessee fan, you take this one on the chin and let BYU people say whatever they want because you are <laughs> ducking them. Yeah. I mean, by definition, you're paying to duck them. Are people fighting? Whatever it? the reason are is, are people for that, fighting? Tennessee sure people fighting gonna, with? I'm BYU sure they're going to fight it. I'm sure they're going to fight it. Well, fans what, will fight anything. I can yeah. tell you, this is going to end up being like a bowl matchup in 2024, 2025. Now. That'd be great. You Big didn't versus Big 12. Let's get a bowl matchup in 2023. Big 12 versus SEC. You, you will play us now. 
That's Let's right. get it in 2023. In Birmingham. The, you didn't want it at the beginning of the season? We'll give it to you at the end we'll of the season. We'll meet in Birmingham, a game that's played in Austin. <laughs> the old Raycom <laughs> Copper Bowl is back, and we're going to play the you The Birmingham now. Bowl in Austin, Texas. <laughs> we had a it's uh, two, we had the two seventh good weeks annual Texas Bowl in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Sees BYU versus renamed. Tennessee. Rename. <laughs> Uh, hit us up on Twitter with your reaction at Outkick360. Uh, I don't know if we'll talk with Kayla Canaram or not. One of the things we will discuss uh, with her whenever we have her on will be the PGA Championship. Tiger Woods expected to play. Um, and, uh, of course, this game being played down in Tulsa. And coming off a, a week where Spieth nearly won this past weekend, finished second, uh, it'd be nice for him to go and compete at a high level at one of these events this this year as well and one of the majors. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's been a, a while, right? I mean, how long since Spieth's last major? Well, he's been he's been a lot more competitive, uh, spe- yes. recently in other tournaments. But even in majors, he's been better recently. He had a second place finish in a major, uh, one of the last few majors I remember. But um, yeah, I mean, look, it's Tiger Woods is going to be obviously the focal point of it. But American golf needs. I know Scotty Scheffler has been on a heater, um, but yep. they need uh, Jordan Spieth, who's got a lot more living room recognition than Scotty Scheffler. They need another American golfer to step up and be in that mix more consistently. Spieth won the Open. This is a handful of years ago. 2017. That's his last major win? Looks like. And then he went through a stretch where, Chad, you, you were documenting that well, that lull that he hit. And now he's you know back to that competitive nature. But I... I miss the fervor that we have with Spieth at the, at the top of the rankings. Dude, I remember we yes. did a thing on our old show about guys we'd pay to watch. Yeah, I'd and pay to watch. Spieth. I still Spieth. would. I'd still. I'd, I'd love to follow well, him around. La- the you'd pay less now. You just discounted. Yeah, I mean, but there's there's few um, there's few individuals I am willing to go pay and watch anymore, for the most part, yeah, because mean, there's was, no guarantee payoff with it. Yeah, that's um, what started for all of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's you know, let's go down the list. Uh, outside of Tiger and Phil, who everyone would put. Yeah. Every American would put one and two, right? Um, Brooks Kepka, I'd say yes. Yes. Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, Dustin further Johnson, down the list, but yes. Jordan Spieth. I mean, Justin Thomas. Like, we can go down the list. My, my point is, I can put most of those guys into a box and shake them up. And pull out a And name. whoever comes out, I'm like, That's yeah, fair. I'd like to That's watch that guy now. play. Yeah, yeah. But there's no clear like there is a clear set. There's a clear separation clear from Tiger one. to Phil, and then there's an even there's a big separation from Phil mm-hmm. to all those guys I just mentioned, and that wasn't the case when Spieth was at the top of his game. And are we going to see Phil clearly, play again? It would have been clearly Spieth right there with Phil, right? I would say we at should. that point in time. And are we going to see Phil again? We don't know. I mean, well, he, yes, we we should he see should him be play. allowed to play again if he wants to come back and play in the PGA. Like I don't know what his penance is. Yeah. At but we don't. Point, but, but we don't gone, know what his penance is. 
I mean, he's gone quiet and he's stepped away. I mean, I would say it's probably going to be a six-month sabbatical. Speaking of that penance, did you see Jack Nicholas about the uh, the international Saudi uh, LIV golf? He said he's turned them down twice for uh, more than a hundred million dollars. He said, "Quote once verbally, once in writing." I said, "Guys, I have to stay with the PGA Tour. I helped start the PGA Tour." Look, it's honorable, uh, you know, for someone to turn down that type of money. I mean, if you're completely money-driven, you look at it and say, why would you turn away $100 million to go play golf if it's that much more than you're already making? Um, also, I mean, is he playing at this stage? Or, or No, I mean, I think it's just by association. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be him endorsing. I mean, they want him. They're paying him to endorse to their be a league. Right. right. Yeah. And to be, you know, someone that's going to I mean, look at him. what kind of money they're throwing out. They give him $100 million for a guy that's not playing to just put his name on it or associate his name with it. I remember we had it's Virgil crazy. Herring on. It's, the and money it, that they throw around out there is yeah, crazy. And, and if you remember, we had Virgil Herring on, and he, he talked openly about Phil Mickelson has all these financial problems, apparently, where he Bet, made a bunch of bad investments. And a bunch of bad bets. Betting, and when you get desperate, you do desperate things. And that's where a lot of this is coming from, is he needs the money, and he's not getting it as much from the PGA Tour. So he's going where he can get it, and that's why he said some of these things. I, I don't know. Jack Nicholas doesn't need the money, you would hope and think, and certainly doesn't sound like it. Well, the NBA doesn't either, but the NBA is going to play preseason games in, in the UAE next, this year, in October. They're going to take the money. It's a step. Uh, ESPN will carry the game. Yeah. I mean, it's the same difference as China. Well, well they'll, it, they'll move a game out of Charlotte yeah, for the All-Star weekend for a bathroom law, but a country that where it's illegal to be gay, they'll go play it's preseason It's punishable games. by death. Yeah, it's being ridiculous. Gay, being gay in UAE is punishable by death, but yet but, they sign a contract with them. But Phil Mickelson wants to play golf there, and you know he's you know now on a six-month sabbatical. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and the only way to avoid the hypocrisy of all of this, if, if you're ESPN or anyone, is you can't tell people what to necessarily care about and not care about, but there has to be someone employed by your company that has a voice and an audience that can speak out against that. That's how you even the playing field, because you're going to continue to be called a hypocrite if you allow people to go on your network and say all these things about a bathroom bill, or a don't say gay law and everything else, and then you just go silent. All those people, silent on UAE and silent. partnering with them with the NBA and, and having a game over there. Someone's got to say something. Um, but the problem is the NBA's probably telling them to shut of up. Of course. If that happens. And that's why they're not going to well, say it. They're partners with them. They're partners with them on it. But, you know, Mickelson can like a tweet or do, and that's, that's the headline. You know, it's what, what, he, what is he up to? Or you know, look at look at Nicholas who turned down a hundred million. But uh, what what's the NBA making off this preseason? It's it's multiple games. The only difference between well, there's a lot of differences with the hypocrisy of all this, the treatment of Phil Mickelson versus the treatment of the NBA. Let's say, for instance, the biggest difference is Phil Mickelson was out on a limb, of course, by himself, yeah. and his peers shot him down. I mean, the, his peers in PGA golf threw fuel on that fire on Phil Mickelson, and that hurt him as much as anything. And NBA, they've got protection from their media. 
their media is basically paid to protect them. And we see it time and time again. ESPN, that is a financially beneficial arrangement that yes. they protect the NBA. So they're going to be silent, and they've got the biggest voice in sports media. I think it's, So when you have those things, I mean, you're going to be protected. Phil Mickelson didn't have that protection. I think it's two games, Hut. It's uh, Hawks and Bucks playing head-to-head uh, October 6th, October 8th in the UAE. Well, that, I mean, they're not the only league that's going over no. there and playing. But they're the only league that's moving all-star games out for one reason and for the same exact reason, ignoring it in a different country. That's convenient. Very convenient. And that's what makes them, you know, two-faced and why you just can't take them at their word whenever they're out on a limb discussing something for the rights of others. Meanwhile, they're lining their pocketbook with oil money in Saudi. Saudi. 